Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 5, Episode 8, Hestizo Cuts Loose. The book, Red Harvest? That that doesn't sound... No, Red Harvest, by Joe Schreiber. The year, 2012. Chapters 28 through 31. With your hosts, Jeff and John. And now, let's go. Give me a big old teased hair, Darth. I feel like he might be a little on the anime side. He's a little anime. Just let me ask you a question, John. How you doing? No, we're not doing that bidding. It's so real weird, but I'm still teabagging him. <laughs> you limp mic'd motherfucker. I need a new mic thing. I don't really know which part I, this thing is, the, the holder, but it keeps drooping out on me. <laughs> That's just, it was great, because it was fine until you turned to face it, and then it was just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's sad to see me. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't talk to me. No. You got those sausage burps. <laughs> that's, that's that's not true. I, ha- I had hot fried chicken. Hot fried chicken sausage. You're the one with meatball burps. That's true. I got the meatball burps, the turkey meatball burps. Yeah, turkey meatball burps are... They're fine compared to what I've got going on. The in, the back of my throat feels like the ring of my butt. <laughs> Always moist for some reason. <laughs> wow, don't you put words in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my kink. Dry is the Atabasca Desert back there, it tells you. Which, tells makes, you? which makes pooping extraordinarily uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I got to lube up every time I go in. Yeah. Otherwise, chapped, my chapped butthole opens. Chapped lips, if you get me. <laughs> yes. And my chapped single round lip, as it is known. That's what they call it, you know. The, the, the chapped lip. The chapped single round lip, as the butthole is known. Yeah. Wasn't that a album from, uh, I don't know, Fred Durst? <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like a Limp Biscuit thing. Yeah. After chocolate water and the starfish. Star- 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 uh, hot dog water and, and the, the chocolate, chocolate starfish. Star- yeah, whatever it was called. Fuck you, Fred Durst. Yeah. Get all out of here. All your songs are bad. That's not true. What's the good one? Is it Cookie? Is it? Is it Nookie? Is it, is it called, oh, it's called Nookie. That's right. Because I always hear that because you can take that cookie part. And I'm like, this is what the song is about. Fred Durst saying, I can have a cookie. <laughs> yes, this is the song. The song <laughs> is about a cookie. And how, and how Fred Durst thinks you should have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's this podcast we're on? <laughs> this is Expounded Universe, where we free associate about how our microphone falls over, and it turns into about how Fred Durst is offering me a cookie. Indeed. Mm-hmm. That's what this podcast is. Yep. This is, it's a new one that we're trying out, and we're going to do that exact same free association weekly. Yeah, it's a new year, and it's a new way to take this podcast. Folks who were really looking forward to this being the podcast, where we review Star Wars Expanded Universe novels a couple chapters at a time, uh, are going to be disappointed. But the people who really wanted us to riff about microphones and Fred Durst, ooh, you're in for a treat. And nasty burps. Them nasty burps. (laughs) These burps call me Miss Jackson, because they're nasty. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I got them nasty, nasty burps. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is the podcast where we discuss old Star Wars novels. Indeed. And we are another, like, four chapters into uh, Red Harvest this time around. Yeah, 28 through 31, and it's been a while, and I haven't read the book. Yeah, it's been a while since I could (laughs) hold my head up high. Now, is that song also... It's been a while! (laughs) Is that song also about offering me a cookie? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, So anyway, yeah, the... It's been a while since I've read this uh, book. Like I didn't read the chapters that we're doing today until like yesterday. So I had a good two week break from this thing. 
Oh, yeah. And that was enough for me to almost forget this. Because, you know, this is airport reading. Oh, this airport book, reading. This book in particular is, you don't need to worry about it. Like, when you're reading, you're like, this isn't a heavy tome. This isn't going to stay with me after I'm done, you know? Oh, it, it's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. It's going to stick up in my guts. It's going to stick to your ribs like a good plate of mac and cheese. Like a good peanut butter sandwich. Which you have affixed to, to your ribs. Yeah. Like, the outside like of just your, taped like, to my ribs. Just on the outside of your body. Like, yeah. like it's just smacked against your chest. Mm. An open-faced peanut butter sandwich. Just slapped right onto my ribs, this mm. peanut butter. Is an open-faced sandwich even a sandwich? At that point, no. It is, because you're the other piece of bread. <laughs> no. I'm not bread, though. <laughs> Bread's not mandatory. Bread is mandatory. Oh, okay. We have a Also, sandwich. it's mandatory that we kick it. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, we, okay, yeah, we are having a... Uh, it's a day here. A sandwich disagreement. I'm saying that John counts as bread. <laughs> I'm saying I'm not bread. <laughs> we'll have to let the audience decide. Agree audience, to disagree. <laughs> if you think John counts as bread, press, press 2 on your smartphone now. <laughs> Just do it. You need to download the Expounded Universe Wasting Time app. And uh, load that bad boy up, mm-hmm. put in the date. Mm-hmm. And hit that two. Press two to indicate that John counts as bread. Yeah. Now, if you think that John doesn't count as bread, fuck you. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, press the fuck you button. I think I might be leading the audience a little too much in this. <laughs> <laughs> Objection, leading the audience. Uh, sustained, but you better be going somewhere with this. <laughs> No, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm the person making the objection. I, that, that would be if I was overruled. You know what? No, we're done here. <laughs> this is a terrible court drama. <laughs> Who is this court drama written by? Idiots? <laughs> Two idiots in a room that are supposed to be talking about Star Wars and art? Fine. Chapter 28. What's up with Lusk Cocoon? So when last we left Lusk, he was in the dining hall and he had decided... It's go time on zombification. Yeah, like, he, he like, cut like, his wrists and stuff. Yeah, he just was like, here you go. Come come at me, dudes. Yeah. I think he cut his wrists and like let the blood out because he was like, hey, come drink this blood and infect my zombie style that way so I don't start out as a zombie with a bunch of bites and chunks. Yeah, I don't want to be an already fucked up zombie. Yeah, you know, that's not the cool thing to be when you have to be a zombie. Like, you watch that Walking Dead show and you're like, okay, you can either start your career as a zombie as a dude who has like a little bite taken out of his arm or like half a guy. Yeah. You're like, I'm a zombie, and I've got, like, no legs and, like, half my jaw's missing. You're like, ugh, that sucks. Yeah, it's a bad zombie. So if you're like, all right, well, I'm definitely not going to survive the zombie apocalypse, at least I'm going to take a controlled descent into zombiehood. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let a zombie bite me, and then I'm going to move it away from me, Uh huh. and I'm going to sit down and let it take its course. Yeah, so I don't, like, get eaten by the zombie during the transitory phase. Yeah. Because that's you always see that in the in movies where the zombies like if you if they bite you you become a zombie. Also, if they bite you, they'll keep biting you till they've eaten you. Oh yeah, you're gonna wake up with like your insides all hanging out because they ripped into your guts. And you're like, oh shit! I, I wish I had been an early adopter of zombiness. Yeah, if I had gotten on that train early. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lusk is trying to do. He's yeah. trying to get in on the ground floor. Yeah. So he has let himself zombify. Uh, unfortunately, uh, even though he loves the sense of power he's getting from this, like right away, he's like surveying this dining hall he's locked in that's full of zombies. Oh, he's got a super power boner right now. Yeah, he's all raged out. He's like, I am thinking with two minds. I can see with two eyes. Mm. There's more there's... eyes than I used to have. I, I only had one eye. Now it, I have two It eyes. didn't come up earlier, but yes, I'm one of those animes with an eye patch. <laughs> I'm, I am a cyclops. <laughs> Forgot to mention that. I'll tell you the day you'll die. 
Or I'll die. I forget how Kroll works. I don't know. <laughs> That's the second time in as many episodes I've referred to that crappy movie. Uh, but yeah, so he's looking around. He's like, I can feel the zombie nonsense taking hold. Mm-hmm. But he's he's like, oh, this is amazing because I can feel the sickness in me like mm-hmm. turning me into a zombie. Yeah, and he's down with it. Yeah, he's super down with it. Yeah, the sickness. Ooh-ah-ah-ah. <laughs> ah Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> uh, so at this point, he kind of starts an internal dialogue, so to speak, with the the sickness. Well, eventually he gets there, because at first he's just reveling in it. He's like, I'm going to be immortal. I knew Scabrous was making some sort of immortality thing, and oh, it has gone beyond his wildest dreams and worst nightmares. Mm. Motherfuck beans. And he must have lacked the will to control it. But I, Luskakun, can do this. You keep adding Kuhn on there. Yeah, because he's kind of an anime dude in my mind. I know, but I think you're confusing people because XR Kuhn is a thing that exists. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I know. Uh, no, he doesn't. First of all, he's fictional. Uh, but but uh, No, but I he mean, does exist. Let's be very realistic here, John. The written word of XR Kuhn exists. <laughs> XR Kuhn has never written anything down because he doesn't re- isn't real. Oh, oh, he's real. Have you read The Fault in Our Stars? <laughs> no, I don't think it's real. <laughs> You're right, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, <laughs> have you seen the movie where Willem Dafoe's in it? No. Huh? Is his floppy penis in it? Yes, Willem Dafoe's big floppy dong is in it. Oh, well, I better go rent it. You're not going to believe it, though. As as uh, cinematographers attest, Willem Dafoe's penis is too big to to uh, put on film. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's penis defies logic. Yeah. And gravity. Yeah, it's like Willem Dafoe's penis is like trying to lay down an egg beater on a piece of paper and draw a trace of it the way you would do with, like, your hand. <laughs> it doesn't work because an egg beater's got too many weird moving parts. And so does Willem Dafoe's penis. Uh huh. It's got all these weird articulations. It's got twenty-two points of articulation. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like an action figure penis. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's action penis, notwithstanding. <laughs> I'd see that movie. Willem Dafoe's action penis. Would you see that? I mean, is it Willem Dafoe's? As in, like Willem Dafoe presents action <laughs> penis? It's both. Okay. It's both those things. He presents it. Like, there's a little tasteful bit at the beginning of the movie where he comes out and sits down in a nice swivel chair. He comes like, out from behind, like, red curtains, and mm-hmm. there's a chair there, and he sits down. A fern on either side of the chair. Hello. Greetings. Uh, this is a film about my penis. <laughs> I'm an Aquaman as well. <laughs> so Lusk is loving it. He yeah, is. Yeah, he's, da, 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 da. He's looking at his fellow zombie brethren and like, you know, I'm not afraid of them at all anymore because now I can I can feel us as one and this weird sickness is it's definitely making me stronger. It's changing my midichlorians. Honestly, it's a little disappointing to see how he goes through this because it's kind of like just being the sober guy at a, pun- at a party with a bunch of stone people where he's just like, I'm a part of everyone. And you're like, yeah, man. OK, yeah, I got just it. Shut up. <laughs> My dude, it's cool. Just pick a Smash character. My power is like, it grows and I can feel my aura shift. Yeah, okay, you're going to play as Ridley? But Ridley is playing as me? Okay, yeah, sure enough, buddy. Okay, Uh all right, I'm just going to hit the A button for you there. (laughs) There it is. And then he somehow inexplicably kicks your ass. Oh, yeah, he's just like, not even looking at the screen and he just beats the shit out of you. And he's like, that's what I was saying. Yeah, and you're like, God, I hate you, and I hate this, and I hate, I hate the, everything. I hate this scenario. I hate the people describing this. 
the fictional character that I am hates the people narrating my life. Yeah, so XR Kuhn, who yeah, now, XR Kuhn is now here. My, he he is not yet he uh, he hasn't been born yet. So moving forward, <laughs> so Lusk, let's check in with XR Kuhn. Lusk does finally as he feels the sickness raging in him and making him powerful and immortal and heightening all of his many senses. He's like, uh, oh shit! It also sort of wants to take you know my individual individuality away. Yeah, individuality. My individuality. He wants to take your wow factor. He wants to take my my wiggity wow account. <laughs> so so he starts a little internal dialogue with the sickness, and he's like. He's like, no, that's too high of a price. You can't have my individuality. Hey, come on, dude. Don't take my soul. Let me just be like a cool zombie badass. And he's like, mm, no. Well, the the sickness is like, hey, I'll convert you last. You can have your sickness, your your individuality till such time as I win or whatever. He's like, look, I'm going to take it, but I'll let you be cool for a little bit. And he's like, no, that's still too high a price. All right, well, fuck you then. Well, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but... You don't have a say in this matter. Yeah, so, I've uh, already won this. You're a zombie. You're a dumb idiot, and you decided to let me in, so... Yep, there you go. So as the chapter fades out, Lusk is losing his soul. He's turning into a regular old zombie. Yeah, we end with a nice little uh, scene of a few of the zombies like do that uh, rear back and scream thing, and ooh, Lusk joins in, becoming just... One more of the many zombie herdsmen. Yeah, it's a fun outro for this guy, I think, because he's still locked in a kitchen. I don't know if he's ever going to get out of there. We'll find out. We'll find out, but not today. No, sir, because this is four chapters about four different groups. Yeah. And we are jumping directly from What's Up With Lust. This is 88 lines about 44 women. <laughs> with 200 cigarettes. All of them? Mm-hmm. 200, all, all 200 all, cigarettes. All of them have 200 cigarettes? Every person has 200 cigarettes. What's 200 times 44? Uh, 8,800? There you go. 8,800 cigarettes. 8,800 cigarettes. Uh, 525,600 cigarettes. 525,600 cigarettes. <laughs> How many like- cigarettes do I smoke in a year? <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I can't say numbers or math right now. <laughs> I think I've got a wicked case of dad brain. I did nothing all day but look after a little tiny kid. Yeah, I did nothing all day as well. <laughs> Damn it. Which means you're sharp and on top of your game, but I'm just like, yes, I would like for you to eat. Please eat this green bean. Please please, please eat a green bean. Please eat this green bean or they'll arrest me. <laughs> I need you to eat even one green bean. One green bean, please. Please, they're coming. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm super happy, but that's because I'm throwing this green bean at you. Ooh, have you ever wondered what a green bean looks like on the ground? Let me show you. <laughs> As a baby, it's my primary role to not eat no matter what you say. <laughs> I'm so hungry, and I'm not going to eat. I'm going to die. <laughs> that's me, Ugh, a baby trying to die. <laughs> oh, my brain is completely ho- scooped out like ice cream. Boop. So, we, but we do, I can at least say that we go on to Rat and Kindra. Yes. So, Rat, Kindra, and our Sith versions of Crab and Goyle yeah, are... Yeah, Mags and... Hagwith. Mags and Heartwise or something hard, like that. Hardwith? Hard Hardwick. Hard, 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 hard Hardcock, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hardwick. Hardwick, yeah. It's, it's, it's Mags and Hardwick. Yeah. And Hardwick's all like, I'm a nerd, cool, yeah, I'm a nerd. Also, I'm probably pretty abusive, it seems. I'm pretty much a piece of shit. I definitely am just a piece of shit, but I'm worth too much money to take off the one show I have. Yep. So they didn't. Yep. 
<laughs> Instead, they launched in one of those investigations that TV networks do where they're like, they're like, this guy's like some sort of horrible, abusive person. But don't worry, we asked him and he said he wasn't. We did an ex- exhaustive research mm-hmm. and, well, what we did was we looked at him and went, you look like you have money <laughs> and you're white. You look like we can't cancel Talking Dead. <laughs> and here we are. Hartwig. Mags and Hartwig. Mags and Hartwig. There we go. So they managed to find the elusive uh, weapon storage that they were trying to find. Yeah, apparently this entire building is honeycombed through with with secret little uh, nooks and crannies that are full of useful equipment. Yeah, apparently Sith have been just, like, squirreling things away in here forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just... St- they, they take all the lightsabers that they had carefully nestled up in their cheeks, and, and instead they hide them deep underground. <laughs> These fat cheeks full of lightsabers, and then they spit them out. <laughs> That's why so many Sith look like Droopy Dog. So many. They got just have so many lightsabers in their cheeks. Oh, yeah. And they're in their big cheek pouches that you develop from the dark side. That's what happens when you go too big into the dark side. You get them cheek pouches. Yeah, you can see them on the Emperor. Vader, if he didn't have a metal face, would have had a bunch of cheek pouches by the oh, time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're basically... If you get Sith enough, you're pretty much a bulldog. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, when you look at uh, Snoke, he, he cut holes in his face so the lightsabers would fall out uh, and, and there, thereby not have to give him big old droopy dog cheek pouches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Established. We, that's what we know. Canon. <laughs> I picked that. I talked to Lawrence. I had lunch with Lawrence Kasdan last week, and he was like, have I told you about lightsaber cheek pouches for Sith? And uh, I was like... Yes, obviously, you continually tell me about them. <laughs> it's the only thing we talk about at these lunches, Ka- Lawrence. Why do we do this? No, why do we keep having these lunches? And he was like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you? And have you heard about my lightsaber? <laughs> Cheek, Cheek pouch. pouches. Cheek pouch idea. Uh, so, anyway, the four of these kids find themselves a weapons cache. There's some useful survival equipment. We got some, like... Armor and some uh, some minor uh, training melee weapons like swords and what have you. Yeah, and clipped on the back wall three count them three lightsabers. Three lightsabers, <gasps> but there's four of them. Oh, that's the whole rest of the chapter, isn't it? Yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, so Kendra goes up, grabs two of them. Yeah, because she's being very quickly established as a badass survivor type. Yeah. Uh, she she just essentially got pushed over the edge the last time we saw her and is like, you know what, fuck everyone, I don't yeah. like you. So Manarat remains the cool badass that he was back when we first met him, uh, and he immediately snags one of the three lightsabers because he wants a lightsaber. Yeah. Kendra just reaches up there and grabs the other two. Now, my first thought was, okay, she must be one of those like dual-wield types. Yeah, the the ones who were like, fuck you, I'm going to use both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I do a bunch of whirly things, so I need two lightsabers for extra whirling. I got I got to flip them around in my hands like wee, 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 wee. Yeah, that's that's me. I got to do a bunch of wom-woms. I so, got these wom-woms. Stand back, everybody. Wom-wom attack. Uh, and Rat, you know, lights his up, and he's like, ooh, I can feel the hot hum of power. Ooh, baby. Ah, yeah. the deadly coldness of this hot blade is melting my icy heart. Ooh, the... The, the hairs on my arms stand up as the, the power courses up through my elbow. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I've got about a half chub. <laughs> it's so vibrate here. Let me, just, let me just put it a little closer to my... Oh, and I cut oh, my dick off. Th- there it is. Oh, Oops, wait. a daisy. <laughs> Should have used the other side. Oh, damn. <laughs> well... It's fine. A true Sith has no need for a dick. <laughs> 
Uh, true I, facts. I have a coffee cup that says that. Yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's got it's, a picture of a cartoon Vader, and it says a truth Sith has no need for a dick. Yeah. You know, you only see Vader's office in the movie, but he has a poster in there that says, like, uh, you know, you don't have to cut off your dick to work here. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but you do. <laughs> little cat with a lightsaber uh, hanging from a branch. <laughs> cut that dick off, baby. <laughs> Oh, that's what I wanted to hear. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, she it's apparently because she wants to establish herself as the power play person of this little group of four. Yeah, she so, gets to decide who the other person who gets a lightsaber. So she is. throws one of the two spare light or two lightsabers she's picked up to Mags. Yeah, it's like here you go, Mags. Here you go, Mags. You're, you're a real, you're a character. You're the least likely to lose your shit and fucking accidentally murder one of us with a lightsaber. So you get it. Hartwig, you're a big dumb asshole. Yeah, her thing with Hartwig is she's just, when Hartwig's like, hey, well, I think we should draw lots for who doesn't get a lightsaber, and she's like, no, you're a piece of shit. I might just kill you if you keep talking. (laughs) What I think is, I've got a lightsaber and you don't, so how about you shut the fuck up? Yeah, uh, to to me, I mean, I understand that she's a Sith, so she's just doing the evilest possible thing, but if she had just, just been like, yeah, there's only three of them, sorry. Like... Like, but instead, she's like, "I might kill you." And it's like, "Oh, great, a Sith fight. Good job." Way to I sta- mean, they do start out with, "Yo, there's only three. Yeah, but still, she's just like, "Look, you're either gonna fucking come along without a lightsaber, or I will murder you." Because he goes like, "Oh, you better not turn your back on me." And she's like, "Okay, well, I don't have time for that nonsense, so I'll probably just kill you here." Yeah, look, I don't, I don't need to fight zombies and also worry about some asshole hitting me in the back while we're doing it. So. If I kill you, then I don't have to worry about you betraying me later. Yeah. And, and also, once again, let me establish you're making threats and I'm the one with the lightsaber. Yeah. Now, Ra'ad at this point is like, come on, we, we're vastly outnumbered. Stop, stop killing off underlings. That's we we got to have at least a couple meat shields. That's such a classic villain thing to kill off underlings right now. Leave the underlings. You need some underlings. You need some underlings. You need some underlings. You need some underlings to, to establish, to survive a zombie You need threat. Johnny Smunderling. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm Johnny Smunderlings. I'm Johnny Smunderling. We've been doing this bit way too much recently. That's right. Too many newsies. <laughs> uh, I'm a smoldering Smunderling. <laughs> Ooh, Smunderling's got a smoldering look to him. <laughs> uh, okay, so the whole rest of this chapter is just this argument. Uh, Hartwig's like, oh, I think we should draw lots for who should get it. If you don't give one to me now, I'll kill you if you turn around. And she's like, all right, I'm going to point a lightsaber at you. and just and, Oh, and he, she like spins around with a lightsaber and just stops right next to his neck and is like, look, I need you to promise right now that you are my bitch or else I will kill you. Yeah, and he's like, well, you can't kill me because you, then you'll probably also have to kill Mags. And she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to start by killing you and I'll see what happens from there. Uh, it, the whole thing is just it's like, but... But you need me because yeah. there's zombies. And she's like, I don't need a dumbass who's going to betray me. I do like that at a certain point, he he backs down completely. He's like, fine, I'm just going to come along with you and it's fine. And she's like, nah, it's too late. I'm going to kill you. Nah, I'm pretty sure I got to kill you. Yeah, because at this point, we have too much acrimony here. So it's, yeah, it's I mean, even not if worth- you say, yeah, I'm not going to do anything, I can't trust you. Yeah, so she's all set to kill him off. When Mags is like, uh, guys, my dudes, you better come see this. Uh, okay. Guys, that you've been this fight's been a pointless distraction, and it's true. It is. Although all we know is it stinks in there. Well, yeah, it's uh, there's you know the smell of you know, dead people. The smell of dead people. 
Yeah, and that's how they found the wall. It's pretty much what this room smells like after we record like two or three episodes in a yeah, day. Yeah, like, like a crowd of undead Sith children. <laughs> that's my room. Yep. I can't stop killing little boys in here. <laughs> well, yeah, you play so much Smash. I, I, <laughs> I keep unlocking the little boys. What is this? I got Villager? I, I got, got Ness? Villager, Ness, Lucas, uh, Shulk, Shulk, uh, the Pokemon trainer, Toon, and Young Link. Yeah, I, why just, do I keep getting all these little boys? All I seem to unlock is little boys. <laughs> it's infuriating, I tells ya. I tells yous. <laughs> I don't like any of those characters. So sad. It is. Uh, okay, so. At that point, the chapter kind of ends, because we're at a cliffhanger moment. Yeah, they smell the dead coming, and they're like, oh, we gotta put this argument on hold, because fucking smabbies. Yeah, now now I'm curious if, if uh, Hartwig's gonna prove himself lightsaberless uh, in the next chapter where we get to see him. Or he just dies. He probably just dies. Like, I mean, there's, there's one of two things. Either he proves himself a coward that would abandon a dying man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely true if they happen to come across a hallway full of moaning cartilage heads. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, I, th- I assume he's pretty much just out. Yeah. They, they just decided to postpone it for this chapter to not turn Kendra into a straight-up murderer. Yeah, that way you can still be like, I kind of like Kendra. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, she just beheaded a teenager. <laughs> An unarmed teenager. Although, to be fair, I... This whole fight goes down, and and no one seems to think that I have a lightsaber and you don't isn't just a straight-up unimpeachable argument. They're all, like, Sith, too. I mean, just push her into the wall with a, with a force blast. Yeah, but they're all Sith students. It's okay, not I, like I guess they're just, badasses. Maybe he just also sucks in general, because most of these kids have some telekinetic ability. Yeah, but, you know, if it was like you know, Lusk or something, then yeah, he could be like, ooh, I'm super good at the force. I mean, but, you know... Your sewer-dwelling crab and goyle Sith are probably not like, ooh, I'm so good at force pushings. Yeah, I always kind of wondered if crab and goyle could do, like, any magic. Like, at all. Like, I mean, do, I assume we you, see them do something. Do we ever, In any of the movies, do we ever see either of them do anything other than hang around behind Draco and kind of go, <laughs> Like, I feel like we do. I feel like there has to be at least one scene where they do something. I'm kind of sad that my villain, my bully laugh is just... The same thing as my uh, Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> uh, I'm hang out behind Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get rewarded in every one of my movies for doing the bare minimum. <laughs> uh, next up, we got to check in with Scabarus. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing what's up with Scabarus, and Scabrous is uh, striding through a giant hallway to the library. It's full of icicles. And it turns out uh, we he did find a holocron down here. Like, we just get a quick thing where Kendra, during her chapter before, was like, ooh, I heard Scabbers found a holocron down here. Mm-hmm. And we get confirmation that, yes, indeed, he did. And I assume that's where he found the whole idea for, like, zombie plant juice. I mean, it's not like he was making all this stuff up. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. That some holocron somewhere was like, let me tell you the tale of how you can make naked boy zombie armies. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> uh, it, you'll First of all, you'll need a weird black flower. Yes, and also probably someone to talk to it. Yes, there you go. And then that's all you need. Pro- uh, that, put a goop in it and drink it down. That'll make, be great ma- for you. Make a disgusting fluid to put the, put the orchid in. I suggest Kahlua and Listerine. <laughs> 
Have you ever tried Hawaiian punch and Sambuca? <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, yes, but only one of those offshoot Hawaiian punches that's like blue for some reason. Oh, yeah. One of those ones you get from the 99 cent store. It's like, ooh, I got like fruity slap. I mean, there's that, but also there's the actual uh, blue Hawaiian, Hawaiian? Pun- Hawaiian punches that are like, there's a blue one and a yellow one technically. That blue Hawaiian punch? Is it blue Hawaiian punch? That's cute. No, it I, just, I, I just went down to uh, <laughs> I just went down to Vaughn's and bought a gallon of green from from you know right by the milk they have that Tampico green yeah and it's just what flavor is this I don't know green eh it tastes of green it it tastes of simple green if I were to put an orchid in this it would definitely melt definitely that's and probably then I he, could become a zombie that's probably what he had a nice big gallon of Tampico green well they described it as being red so that's why I assumed it was Hawaiian punch oh it's Tampico green with some red food coloring in it well that's not gonna turn it red. You know what red and green turn into? I know. Uh, Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. They make Christmas juice. Oh, no. It's Christmas. The Christmas spirit is what's keeping them alive. Shit. Does this chat, Does this book count as a Christmas movie? Oh, it does now. It's snowing. <laughs> it's, it's snowing. They made the zombies out of Christmas juice. <laughs> it's my favorite Christmas movie. I'm so clever. <clears throat> so, yeah. The... Uh... <laughs> Scabrous goes into the library, and uh, he's here to see our old friend Dale Liss. Oh, Dale Liss. This is actually kind of a cool character, and I'm still sort of happy he's around. Uh, Dale Liss is the tree that's the librarian, and his roots have infested the library, and someday his roots will constrict so hard that he'll pull the whole thing down on top of himself. But first, he's going to slink on down through the ceiling and talk to Scabrous. Yeah, he's going to see what Scabrous is up to, because Scabrous comes marching in there, and he's like, like Dalis, get out here! Get down here! Come on, uh, D- Dalis is not cool with this. Dalis is, we find out right away, very freaked out. Yeah, and very afraid of Scabrous. He's, you know, Scabrous notes. Okay, you know, Dalis has always been like reverential and like he will always show me deference, mm-hmm. but now he is actually freaked out. Yeah, no, he's he's legitimately scared of the situation. Uh, there's He can tell there's something wrong. So he's resistant. He takes a long time to come into the room, and when he does, he's like, he forms his little humanoid body with the, with his big eyes and everything, upside down, hanging from the highest point on the ceiling. Ready to give Spider-Man a kiss. Yeah, he's all set to give, well, why would, wait, then they'd both be upside down. Yeah. Is that is that just... Well, that's how you give Spider-Man a kiss. Upside, yeah, well, cause Spider-Man, Spider-Man's going to be upside down, yeah, so he, you might as well be, because otherwise, you ever try to kiss someone upside down? Yes, everyone who has ever seen the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie has tried to kiss someone upside yeah, it's down. It's garbage. It's it's not great. You mostly get a lot of nose in your mouth. Exactly. But, but everyone has tried it. Yeah. I mean, every single... If you watch that movie, you've done two things in your life. You've tried to give someone a kiss upside down. And you've jerked off You've jerked to you've, Sam Raimi. You've just jerked off in general. Uh, that's, that's I think people who have not seen the movie might have tried that. Well, they might have. Yeah. They might have tried it, but they didn't succeed. The other thing that you will do is you, at some point in your life, have announced that Bonesaw is ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, John? It's true. Yeah. You will. Yeah. If you've seen that movie, you will at some point walk into a room and someone will be like, hey, you ready? And you'll go, Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way you have it. See, I was, if you've seen that movie, there is a 0% chance you have not said Bonesaw is ready at some point in your life. I was originally going to say the other thing you've done is make a bunch of stupid Tommy McGuire faces. Yeah, but no, it's Bonesaw. It's Bonesaw. It, once, I, I, once I realized it, the truth came to me. <laughs> the truth was revealed to me in a vision. <laughs> Halfway through the sentence, I, I received a vision granted to me by the hips of Shakira. <laughs> was it the true hips or the it, false hips? It was not the anti-Shakira. <laughs> So, 
He calls down Dalis because he's got a thing to do. He's like, Dalis, I've got a thing for you to do. And Dale is like, uh, yeah, boss. Yeah, and he's like, all right, so here's the, here's the deal. Here's the plan. Here's the 411. Uh, wait, hold on. Do you notice something's up, don't you, Dale Liss? Because you're, you're all fucked up you're and weird. You're acting funny. And Dale Liss at first tries to play the cards close to the chest. No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. What are you referring to specifically? I know a lot of weird shit is going on. <laughs> He's like, my dude, do not make me destroy you, you dumb motherfucker. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, the sickness. You, you're oh, talking, is that what you're calling You're it? talking about the sickness. And he's like, are you calling it the sickness? He's like, yeah. I mean, I'm a tree in a building where the zombies aren't, so I, I, I'm not especially up to speed on the situation, so I can sense there's some sickness in the air, I guess. Yeah. So, yes, the sickness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Scabbers is like, ooh, interesting. You can sense it. Well, where is it? And he's like, well, actually... It's up on your up in your junk, sir. Yeah. Like, Scabrous has seen that he's only got, like, two units of blood left. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he stops, like, mid-sentence. He's like, all right, Dalius, what I want from you is, ooh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> ooh, I can feel that sickness in me. God damn. Oh, I'm so charged with the power of this sickness. Okay, Dalius, what I want from you... Is that large gold goose still hanging in the in the uh, <laughs> the window of the shopkeep? What day is it, Dalis? <laughs> I haven't missed it. The zombies did it all in one night. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> Go and purchase that goose for me, and I shall give you a shilling. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he basically has the exact same moment that Lusk did, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Oh, I can feel this fucking disease up in my shit, making me all like strong, and I can feel a yawning." portal in my stomach yeah he's like I, i'm visualizing teeth in my stomach like there's a mouth down there and then he looks and he's almost disappointed there isn't like, a mouth oh there. i don't got mouth oh, stomach I'm a, I'm a zombie but i ain't no lord raptor yet <laughs> <laughs> i ain't i ain't that character from fucking darksiders <laughs> see i thought you were gonna finish saying dark stalkers and i was like that is lord raptor we we're talking about the same character yeah Darksiders, I haven't played yet, but I am familiar with the concept of it. You play as like the Horsemen of the Apocalypse for the oh, first Oh, there's two of them, because you fa- play as War in the first one mm-hmm. and Death in the second one, and I haven't seen the third one. The third one, you play as some lady who's like a fury or something. Oh, you, uh, you don't yeah. get to keep playing as yeah, other it, horsemen? It's not Pestilence and Famine. It's some, it, it's some lady who is a, a lesser uh, figure than the, than the Horsemen. Boo. I've heard the game's really good, but I've heard I've read a lot of people's disappointing reviews of that. They're like, no, I wanted to play as Famine in this game. Although, I'm kind of understanding that War and Death make cool figures who can, like, murder dudes and run around. Well, Pestilence would be fine. Flippies. You got, like, bugs and shit. Yeah, I guess Pestilence would be rad, because you'd have, like, bug armor and you'd fling clouds of bugs at people. Yeah, you could do a thing where you get, like, locust wings and you fly around on that shit for short jumps or whatever. Yeah. I like if you played as Famine and he just lied there. Fam, you play as fam, and he's like, I don't want to do anything. I'm, hu- I'm hungry. Uh, you got a cheeseburger? <laughs> and then someone offers him a cheeseburger, and he disintegrates and it. it. Just turns into dust, and he's like, Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, I'm so hungry. I press X to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I press F to pay respects to the cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, I love that meme. Okay, so uh, anyhow. Uh, Lusk, or sorry, Lusk. Lusk is dead. Yeah, uh, I should be saying that uh, Scabrous. Scabrous is like, oh my god, I can feel the zombie power. It's like there's a war between the infection and the f- and the fresh blood I'm pumping into myself, and yeah. I'm feeling very powerful right now. And so he finished what he was saying to Dalis. He's like, I need you to contact uh, Hestizo Trace, and 
She's talking to the orchid, and I want you to sound like the orchid, and I don't know why I think you can do that. He's pretty he's pretty clear on his plan, and I, there's no point where Dialist is like, sending out telepathic messages in the telepathic voice of a flower. That is, I haven't met and don't know what it sounds like. This is a really weird request. That is a very specific, strange request you have for me, my dude. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's his thing. He's like, you need to send out a telepathic message to Hestizo Trace in the telepathic mind voice of a rare orchid that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And Dialis is like, uh, that that sounds super... Look, are you going to prick Ridley or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you don't understand. We can all create the voice of a flower. If, uh, if we try hard enough, the voice of the orchid is within all of us. You know what, fuck it. I'm going to go play... Uh, Smash Brothers with someone else. You know what? I'm just going to put you on the NPC. There you go. We're going to make you be computer controlled, and you're not even going to notice. Here we go. (laughs) I could be the voice of the flower, because the flower voices me. (laughs) But yeah, he finishes his little thing after he's like, ooh, I can feel the, the tingly zombie juice in me. And he's like, all right, Dalis, did you get all that? And Dale is kind of gurgles, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? Why aren't you? Oh, oops, I seem to have ripped a chunk out of your face. Yeah, he he kind of just comes back into his own head for a second. He's like, all right, so uh, what did you think of these instructions, Dale List? And then he re- realizes that without thinking about it, he has lightning fast ripped Dale List's jaw off. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't he's, matter. He doesn't really have a jaw so much as just a chunk near his mouth is missing. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's going to ultimately matter all that much for Dale List. I don't think this is going to kill him. I mean, no. he's a tree. He's they, a tree. That they, w- that was just a chunk of him came yeah. off. They make a big de- deal about how all this like sap comes pouring out of him on the ground, and, and he's like really scared and whimpery and everything. But I don't think he's going to die as a result of a little chunk of his treeness going away. No. He's got, he I got lost his a, treeness chopped off. I lost a chunk of my treeness when I was born, and you know I'm sure I, cr- I complained about it a lot. But oh, I'm sure I complained about it. Yeah. I, I had complaints. Uh-huh. I'm sure I vocalized many complaints. But, but anyhow, I'm sorry about that. I don't have penis jokes today. It's, it's, it's a lot of it's, chopping off dicks jokes today. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to make jokes about chopping off dicks to work here. <laughs> But it's why we were hired. It is why we were, who hired us. <laughs> How did that interview go? Chop your dick off. <laughs> I mean, I remember the conversation when we decided to start the podcast way back in the day. But no one hired anyone. Oh, yeah. it was a very simple procedure. I was like, "Hey, John, you want to make a podcast about role playing games?" And eventually, I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." But only if eventually we get to make a Star Wars mm-hmm. podcast where we talk about chopping dicks off a lot. Yes, and, and and I was like, you know what? No, and and yet here we are. And yet. I've gotten my way. Yeah, it took you a while, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Over uh, five years later, and finally, I get fi- to chop you You dick. got what you wanted. So, anyhow, uh, Scabrus is pretty pleased with himself. He's like, holy shit, I've become a ridiculous murder zombie. But he's using the force and fresh blood to, to stave off the, the inevitability, uh, or the inevitable doom of his brain. Yeah, essentially, at this point, he understands, like, oh, this is going to happen. I'm going to turn into a fucking zombie. But I want to kill... Hestizo before that happens because I want to be able to enjoy killing a Jedi while I still have my brain. And that's his only reason to keep going at the moment. I, there's no point where he's like, this is all part of my plan. No, he's like, oh, I fucked up and I'm going to turn into a zombie. But before I go, mm-hmm. I'm going to get one last dick move in. Yeah. What a, what a, what a piece of shit. Yeah. What I'm an a, utter piece of garbage. I'm, I'm a huge fan. 
I love this asshole with his face ripped off and his blood pack. Oh, yeah, he's great. Scabrous is a wonderful villain because so often with Sith, you get that, oh, all according to plan. He's like, oh, oops. Anyway, I guess I fucked everything up. But first, this just activates phase Q. Yeah, he's like, oh, no. Well, I guess I'm going to be a dick one last time. Mm-hmm. That's my my dying wish is to be an asshole one more time. I do like that when he when he's talking to Dalis about uh, Hestizo, he's like, there's a Jedi on this planet who specializes in botanical telepathy. And I, I, I'm just amazed that everyone takes that shit in stride. Dalis isn't like, what? That sounds stupid. But <laughs> sounds made up, but okay. Uh, if you say so, oh, man. Weird flex, but all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like communist propaganda, but okay. <laughs> Cultural Marxism. <laughs> That's what using your mind to talk to plants is. <laughs> Might as well be. I have no idea. Whatever the fuck it would be otherwise. Anyway. Uh, That's where that ends. That's where that ends. And he now is, we have to go check like, up. good. Dalis, go send out that psychic message. I'm going to wait here in the library to murder a dude. Mm-hmm. Or some lady, probably. Well, someone. Yeah. Now, we actually are going to check in with Hestizo next. Yeah. Hestizo and uh, Tulk. Tulk. Yeah. I almost said Lusk. Mm-hmm. Hestizo and Tulk. You mean next Arcoon? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> are facing the tower because they've been all turned around and they this, don't know where they are. This was confusing to me. It's When, when they're like... Hestizo's opening thought is, I know exactly why I'm here. I have fallen prey to some manner of Sith illusion that turned me around, so I went back to the tower. I was like, oh, I didn't think that was what was happening. I thought you were just dumb. (laughs) I thought you just got frightened and zombies showed up and eventually you went the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, it turns out that the two of them are looking at the tower again, and the tower's got interesting shit going on. There's interesting things to look at. Yeah, there's all... Fuck ton of zombies crawling all over it. Yeah, they're trying to beat their way into the tower. They keep coming up to, like, pieces of plexus steel or steel of glass or whatever the fuck. Steel of glass? <laughs> steel of glass, leave a glass. Yeah. <laughs> glass Steagle. They keep coming up to glass Steagle. <laughs> anyway, they keep finding uh, windows and trying to, excuse me, trying to beat their way in. Yeah, but beat it. They can't get in. Yeah. And we aren't even sure why they're trying to get in there. I assume there's a few kids hiding in there or something. I assume Rojo is in there. Oh, you think Rojo's made it to the tower and he's yeah. fighting zombies in Cause there? Because his whole thing was he looked at the tower and he's like, ooh, that's where the evil lord would be, and I'm sure he's the one who has my sister. So he was headed there. Rojo lives life like it's a video game. Yes. He's like, ooh, that looks like the final level. Uh-huh. I bet the boss is there. I'm just going to skip it. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, or whatever. Let's go. Here we go. I'm going to use my little flute and... <laughs> <laughs> ooh, World 8. I'm just going to warp pipe the fuck over there. I never go straight to World 8 when I'm playing Mario 3, because that way you never get access to the hammer suit. That hammer suit. That, the hammer suit's only in World 7, and it's the coolest thing in the game. Yeah, you get to throw hammers. Yeah. Or well, maybe the Karibo shoe was the coolest thing. John, please tell me what is the coolest thing in Super Mario Bros. 3. <laughs> Why? For listeners. It is to crush your enemies and see them driven before you and hear the lamentations of their Goombas. <laughs> Fair enough. See, now I might have gone with the Tanuki suit, but uh, your, your answer's good, too. But but that's good. Mm-hmm. Mario Brothers playing Conan. <laughs> Why would I warp to another world when I can smash everyone in the world's interceding? Or in between them. Uh, so for, yeah. Except for World 2. Fuck that magic sun or whatever. That thing's scary. <laughs> that thing who just goes... <laughs> mean piece of shit. Why is the sun mad at Mario? Well, you know, sometimes the sun just hates a plumber. That, you know what? You're right. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, sometimes the sun just... Hates a plumber. What? What the fuck is this? Springsteen? I think it's Knopfler. 
Okay. Yeah, it sounds like the kind of shit a crazy drunken hobo singer would say. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh-huh, yeah. I thought it was going to be like some good down-home, like sometimes the sun hates a plumber thing from that, Springsteen, but that, I can also see it as the drunken ramblings of Mark Knopfler. Uh-huh. And not, not Dire Straits. Let's be very specific with this. Oh, no. Dire Straits has a bunch of people in the band to rein him in, so all the songs aren't about his weird hobo thoughts. No, this but, is this is the solo Knopfler work. Yeah, which actually there's quite a bit of, and it's usually pretty good, but it is a lot looser, and it's usually it's, about how hobos and plumbers... It's, it's are, a lot looser, and it's usually about how much wine he has. <laughs> and what rail car he's currently in. <laughs> Mark Knopfler's a hobo. I'm in the last rail car. I got about a half a bottle of wine. Oh shit, the sun's attacking me. Sometimes the sun attacks a plumber. <laughs> And you don't know why. <laughs> wow. What? Anyway. What is happening here? Where are we? What has happened to our podcast? Too- it has gotten away from us. Yeah, we, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get this one back. Uh, okay, so... Uh, the- so there are zombies crawling along the tower. Yeah, and then, all of a sudden, they start leaping off the tower because, oh shit, you idiots got visible. Yeah, so they start dive-bombing, and one straight slams into Tulk and drives him underneath the snow. Yeah, it turns out they're standing on like seven or eight feet of dense snowpack. And so a dive-bombing zombie is enough to drive a whippet into the snow. Yeah, which means that Hestiza's like, oh, wait, are they jumping off the... T-? And she's like, what, what happened? She Where looks over... the fuck and- is Tulk? <laughs> she looks over and Tulk's just not there anymore. It's just like a Tulk-shaped hole in the snow. Yeah. And you're like, what the he's, shit? He's in that runaway motion. <laughs> Yeah, he left a little cactuar-shaped hole in the snow. There's a Tulk-shaped cloud floating there. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and then he pops out, and he's still just a big round cloud with a bunch of spears and fists sticking out of it. <laughs> yeah, so apparently he got knocked into the snow, but the zombie didn't, because he's like, oh, that zombie's trying to dig him up and get at him. Yeah, trying to figure out how to get down there and get him. <laughs> Thankfully, up from the snow, 30 stories tall, comes a spear through his head. Yeah. Now, at this point, it seems like Tulk more or less has killing zombies figured out you can't you cannot kill the zombies but what you can do is render them broken enough that they can't keep chasing you yeah most of the way that he fights in this chapter is like all right i'm gonna slice your spine open Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like cut your head off and throw it somewhere i'm just not going to allow you to be functional yeah by the way the description of the zombies climbing around the tower is awesome oh yeah it's more or less confirmed once again that this guy really knows how to write gross monsters well i mean even when he's talking about like the zombies that are coming after him, where it's like some student that had his intestines hanging out that are blackened with blood, mm-hmm. and you can see one of his lungs slowly inflating and deflating. Yeah, and then the other one who had a huge chunk of his vertebra missing. Yeah. Like when the attack took him, it took a chunk of his spine first, and now it's his spine is teetering on the bottom part of his spine like a Jenga tower. Yeah. And, and then the, uh, the third one who has eaten most of his own face. Yeah, he has bitten his like palate and bottom lip off yeah so he just went ahead and chewed himself to 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 just teeth so these things are just gross and nasty but tolk murders one gets up out of the snow throws a spirit at uh i love his order of operations he throws a spirit at at hestizo and is like hey duck duck and she's like oh shit okay so she ducks and he impales another one yeah and (laughs) hestizo is mostly just like what the fuck and eventually Tulk's like, yo, did 
didn't the Jedi fucking teach you how to fight at all? Like, a little bit, like, or did you literally go to the no combat studies program? Uh, no, I just talked to plants. Yeah, I just got in on a plant scholarship. I am history's worst Jedi. I'm but she's good. like, no, they, they taught me how to fight. And he's like, then fucking fight, yeah, Jesus she, Christ. She's like, oh, okay, well, I don't have a lightsaber. I do have this can of fertilizer. Ugh. <laughs> I've got this little tiny hoe. <laughs> Would you like me to, to rake some trenches into some fresh soil? Ooh. I'm a Jedi. I'm a Jedi. <laughs> You're the Dan Habiki of Jedi. <laughs> Except he couldn't garden. So at least you've got that going for you. You got that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, more and more of them start raining from the sky. All these gross zombies come falling and just impacting into the snow and then kind of shaking themselves off and getting up. And now they're all surrounded by zombies. And at this point, Hestizo... Here's the voice of her brother Rojo going like, hey, you can do it. And and she's like, but my brother isn't on this planet. How am I hearing his voice? And I really wanted this this reveal to be like, it's he's in my mind. This is my memories of him. And then have him go, no, I'm right here. No, no, I'm uh, in the tower. Uh, hey, I'm looking uh, down hey, at you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, look up. Look, he's up there just waving. Me. <laughs> pointing at himself. It's me, your brother, <laughs> see? Look on the Jumbotron. I'm on the kiss cam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's getting all these like, ooh, he, back when I was in the academy, he would give me advice and he would spur me on whenever I needed it. And I'm just remembering his voice. It's not actually him. Mm-hmm. I really wanted it to actually be him. I know. I was really hoping that that would be played that way, that it'd be like, it's his voice. I can hear my brother's voice. No, stupid. Hey, turn around. I'm right behind you. Jesus Christ. Come on, Estes. I've already murdered that whiphead that was with you. I didn't like the look of him. Get it the fuck together. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that this is time for her badass crowning moment of glory, uh, in which she unveils her superpower, which is the one scene from modern X-Men movies where Quicksilver gets to do anything. Well, she like just becomes one with the Force and does full like bullet time, because as she like slows down everything around her talks like hey get and he's shooting an arrow and then she just stops time and goes through and beats the shit out of every zombie it's basically that one scene from the futurama episode where fry has 300 cups of coffee Ah. and and she's like just taking zombies and throwing them into the air and she walks up to one of them and casually removes his head from his body and then uses it to bowl over other zombies she grabs the arrow that tulk is firing out of his bow snaps it in two and impales two zombies face first into each other yeah that's my favorite where she's like ah now kiss (laughs) you two kiss kiss (laughs) just like in my zombie fanfic (laughs) but she goes through and beats the ever-loving christ out of pretty much every zombie Mm -hmm. and then right as she's beating sort of the last one and like twisting its head around time like reflows she only gets very limited amounts of I can beat the shit out of things. Mm-hmm. But it was a very impressive scene. I mean, she's apparently going supersonic speed. She's just zipping around. Murdering oh, she's, zombies. she's uh, running around at the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sonic boom, sonic boom, sonic boom. <laughs> she slaves. She saves the planet from disaster. <laughs> you know, I'm knuckles. <laughs> I'm sexually confused about this bat. I just met. <laughs> I'm running around in a valley and I kind of want to fuck this bat. What am I doing in this canyon? Collecting pieces of the chaos emerald. Duh. I think it's established that that's my normal thing that I do. I'm very specific about chaos emeralds. Uh, Way into them. <laughs> unlike Sonic, I do not chuckle. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm not normally known for is my predilections towards fucking bat women. But right now, right now, I'm way into it. I don't understand why. Probably because she's the only anthropomorphic animal in this universe with tits. (laughs) 
and I just am inextricably drawn to them. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow. Anyway, time comes back, and Tolk finishes saying, down. I like the part where he, he mentions, uh, where he looks at the bow that no longer has an arrow in it that he's still drawing, and he's like, oh, God damn it!" Aw. And he's just like, did you leave any for me? And she goes, yeah, there's two over there that still need to get killed. He's like, ooh, goody! Yeah, and he goes over there and, like, m- mushes them together with a spear. Yeah, and Estizo takes this moment to be like, I've never seen anyone love killing so much as this whiphead. He just loves murdering. I mean, there's also these zombies. They seem to like killing quite a bit. Yeah, but she... The fact that she's, like, judgmental about it... I know. He's really useful at the moment. Yeah, I'm like, I'm surrounded by all these zombies. She's like, oh, this guy likes to kill. Mm." Like, (laughs) come on. Yeah, good thing, too, right? Yeah, it's it's a good thing you have a giant badass that murders things, or else you would be dead. Yeah, now, this chapter ends with him vanishing again, I'm fairly certain. Uh... Well, no, this chapter ends with her hearing what we can only assume oh, is right. Dale Liss. Yeah, she hears the Murakami orchid pop out, because we, we get to hear that word again. Uh, she's the, the orchid's like, Hestizo, come. Oh, boy, I've got a surge of hope, because I can hear the orchid again. Come, pigs. <laughs> Did you just call me a cum pig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a reference for anyone who specifically played WoW during the Northrend era. Hell yeah. <laughs> Any Anyone who had to listen to fucking... Uh, Garrosh. Garrosh call you a cum pig. <laughs> Alliance dogs, cum pigs. Did you just call us cum pigs? That's Indeed. Rude. That's Indeed rude. I did. That's rude, Garrosh. Garrosh, well, come wait, on. Wait till the next expansion where I call everyone cum heroes. <laughs> cum heroes. Well, at least it's better than cum pigs. It's a little better. It sounds more like a one-shot podcast. <laughs> cum heroes. <laughs> and now a Decemberist song. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, the end is basically her going, hey, talk, the thing's alive. And he's like, oh, really? I thought it was dead. Nope. Apparently it's calling me. To the library. Mm, we must go to the library. I suspect Professor Plum will be there. <laughs> So, we end the chapter with Scabrous waiting in the library, and his plan is apparently working. Mm-hmm. They're drawing Hestizo and Tulk there. Yeah. And Rat and friends and, well, acquaintances have lightsabers. Yeah, they found some lightsabers, but uh, we, we don't get to see what they're going to do with them. They're still way down in the tunnels, surrounded on all sides by zombies. And we still haven't checked in with Rojo again, so we don't quite know what's going on, but I do assume he's in that tower somewhere. Yeah, and it's been a long time since we've heard about the trials and tribulations of Wall's Venus, so <laughs> I think... Uh, Where is Wall Venus in all of this? <laughs> yeah, what will happen? What will become of Wall Venus? <laughs> Tune in next time, heroes. <laughs> Come, heroes. Come, heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pre-Cum Daddies, Come Heroes. <laughs> Pre-Cum Daddies is a small town murder podcast with special guest, Come Heroes. <laughs> James D'Amato of the Come Heroes podcast. <laughs> oh, he's going to be mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, it that stays in. <laughs> I never edit anything out, ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, folks. Those are these four chapters of this frankly fascinating book oh yeah and if you want a little bit more let's say you're hungry you got a a deep zombie-like hunger for more content Ooh, we got you covered i do not recommend the spicy fried chicken 
No. What I do recommend is going to patreon.com slash systemmastery and supporting us at the $2 or higher level, and you unlock bonus content for this a here show. That is correct, where we go to Wikipedia, find fun stories, come back, and tell them to each other, and incidentally, to you. <laughs> it's just incidental, though. Yeah, the really, mics happen to be on. It's really more about us. Yeah, this is a moment for us. And what we want. We're, we're taking it back. <laughs> we're taking them all back. <laughs> This is our time down here. Our time to go on Wikipedia. Down here, where Wikipedia is. It is sewer. Yeah, Wikipedia is in a sewer along with it. It was kidnapped by the Fratellis. I mean, what are you going to say? What am I going to say? It's the Fratellis, right? That's The, the ba- Fratellis. Is that the bad guys? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. They're also a ska band. I know, yeah. They do Chelsea Dagger. That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for listening. Stop by that Patreon. Support us at the 2 or $5 levels to unlock yet more bonus content and hear us do yet more funny jokes. Uh, otherwise, you can find us as System Mastery on Gmail, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Follow us on Twitter. You can find the link to our Discord, which is a lot of fun. You'll find a lot of like-minded folks talking about the show. And, yeah, uh, you can go discuss the episode if you want. Yep. Figure out what's going on in Star Wars. We'd never dream of stopping you. I mean, I mean, I might dream about it. I don't have control over it. If you were a butthole, I might stop you. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Some kind of moist butthole. (laughs) I don't care about the moistness of your buttholiness. Your buttholiness? (laughs) What is this, the ass pope? Yeah, resquetiat on butthole. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when he uses his finger to draw closed your butthole so that it can... Right, draw, well, draw closed your butthole. Yeah, so it can it can lie eternal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. In the catacombs underneath the butt Vatican. The butt Vatican. <laughs> well, that that ran its course. I think that joke's over with. <laughs> Although I do really love this... Con- the, I mean, the anti-pope is actually kind of a boring thing in history when you look up what he actually was. I know. It's He's not just, someone that explodes if they touch the regular pope. Yeah, or says like the opposite things that a pope would say. Yeah, like the evil pope. Yeah. I got your feet dirty! <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So the idea of this butt pope is amusing to me because at least he's a little different. He's a little different. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's just about enough of that. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. And until we see you next time, I'm Elan Bagiano, And I love death sticks so much I'd cut my own dick off. <laughs> you didn't have to. But I would. But it helped. <laughs>